You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. It is a multi-special one today. Uh, the reason I say multi-special is this is Pat's second show as a co-host, and it's also episode 500, if I have been doing everything correctly. Technically, in your feed, it'll say 502, but one of those is a bonus episode I did not host, and the other was the like minute and a half introduction one. So this is actually episode 500. Uh, we are hoping that it will coincide with an Indian's win as we sit here and watch... James Karantrock struggle a little here in the ninth inning. Uh, as I said, I'm Jeff Ellis. Pat Ellington is joining me. I would like to remind everyone to go check out the Locked On MLB podcast with Sully. It's a fantastic show. Fasali is a great guy. Go check it out for yourself. Lots of great information. Occasionally, you hear me uh, doing a Locked On Now. Uh, Pat, if you ever want to do one of those, always feel free to do the Locked On Nows. If uh, that ever feels like your thing, don't feel pressure. But you could hear either of us doing those over on the podcast. Uh, as I said... I'm Jeff Ellis. Pat, do you want to tell them right here again at the top of the show where they can find you online? Um, hello, guys. I'm Pat Ellington. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at tangible underscore uno. That's pretty much the main social media I use a lot every day since I'm kind of sitting down at a desk job. So you can find me there. My next question for you, Pat, is have you ever broken anything while putting on or taking off a shirt? Has that ever <laughs> been... Uh, an issue. I've broken I've broken a jar, a glass, one of those glass mason jars that was sitting no, on my I, desk in college when I was taking off my shirt. I feel like I I, I can't throw stones. Uh, I mentioned very briefly on Twitter I broke both my wrist playing kickball. In fairness to me, I played hard, and it was a new gym floor, and home plate did not stop when I landed on it, but. This was the oddest story in a long time. And it, I mean, it caught everyone in terms of the oddness. Uh, when it first broke, I was actually talking with you. And I was like, well, maybe he like broke his thumb and he just figured it out now. And that could explain why his spin rates have dropped and why he's not striking anyone out. Well, that turned out to be a bad take on my end because it seems like this is just something that just happened. Uh, I guess my question to you is, do you buy this story? I think my first take was this seems a little too odd. Like this seems like one of those you know, uh, back in the day, Brian Giles spider bite stories. I think it was where he like had to take a week away. Are you fully thinking this is what happened? Or do you think there's maybe a little bit more to this one than meets the eye? Honestly? Yes. And no, like I can see Zach, please at like taking off his shirt and like slamming his hands on the, on somewhere in the clubhouse after his start. Cause he seemed very flustered and frustrated, you know? No, because Zach, please Zach and, well, his, his, his capacity for doing dumb things seems to be very, very high so far since he's been a Major League Baseball player. And they might be covering this up. And we've seen Major League organizations do more over less to stop situations, embarrassing situations with their players coming to light. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm on the fence right now, basically. Yeah, it's. I guess my whole reason why I am... Um more suspicious it's like okay i am incredibly uncoordinated that's just how i am i i could see myself doing this but my hard time comes from seeing a major league pitcher like it takes so much coordination to be a pitcher to like 
flail your arms. Like basically the only way I could, in my mind, the only other thing I pictured was like him trying to be funny and doing like a Hulk Hogan thing and just like ripping wrong and not expecting it and like smacking his hand into something. Uh, it's, it's like I said, it's the oddest story of the day. It's all over because of how odd and different it is. It's also the worst timing as you know, I, if you listen to yesterday's show, I did a crossover with Jeff Carr of Lockdown Reds. We had a lot of fun with it. I don't even know if I necessarily liked the trade I made, but when I was talking about trades, I actually discussed Wade Miley with him because I thought the Indians kind of needed pitching to begin with. Uh, with Tristan McKenzie's struggles, Logan Allen's struggles, uh, now we add in this injury. The pitching staff is, I mean, just the, the, so beyond those struggles, something else just we talked about online, when I looked at like players who need to be added to the 40 man, I've been talking about that list forever. Cody Morris and Joey Cantillo. Yes, I believe it's Cantillo. I was just listening to all the audio files this weekend, trying to get everyone's name right. Uh, but with those, both those guys haven't pitched yet because they're hurt. Uh, we had Carlos Vargas, who is on the 40 man, need Tommy John. Ethan Hankins, who's a, in the top 10 range, depending on who you are of prospects, Tommy John. It's been a lot of pitching injuries to the point where the only other player I talked about who's a potential 40-man ad was uh, before the season began. I mentioned was Robert Broom, who's a reliever. I threw it out there. What are your thoughts? Do you think that the weird not getting to pitch, a lot of these guys were at the alternate site, but for those guys who weren't and then those players who did pitch there, how much do you think the random soreness and injuries this year are due to essentially a 2020 that was completely different than anything they've ever been used to. I, I think so. Even when the unique thing about baseball is the fact that when guys practice and even have some games and uh, scrimmage games against other individuals and organization, like they had to do last year, it's hard to kind of simulate competitive baseball environment. Like you can with, with basketball, soccer or something, you know, if you understand what I mean, like, and I feel like a lot yeah. of players elaborated that last year and a lot of coaches and front office members also. And a lot of, a lot of people in general throughout the realms of baseball really reiterated the fact that guys who really weren't pay, playing competitive games, they weren't really going 100%. Like, it was impossible to do so. And, and that's why even with the alternate side, you had guys that were kind of just just kind of going through the motions at the end of the day. There's nothing like a, a actual baseball game and we we saw that, and I think that had an effect on this year. We you know guys missing almost going at, like almost two years without game action. I mean that that's a that's a long time. Like the last time these guys played in an actual professional baseball game before the season started was in twenty nineteen. Yeah, it's it's such a layoff, and they've not they've done really well for the most part. I know people are out there thinking, well, Lenny Torres got hurt and things like that, and every team has injuries, but it, they've been. This is a team with a lot of advanced thinking, a lot of advanced thought. Uh, James Harris does fantastic stuff with body mechanics and just the player training. I can't recall any time in recent memory they had this many injuries all at once, and it's all to start. And I think we have to kind of look at that. Now, I know for most people, they're like, why are you talking about you know Cantillo and Morris? Because uh, just more arms. Players would be options. With Plesak out with a broken finger, I mean, when I broke my thumb, it was uh, like four to six weeks before I could, you know, he's probably getting better medical attention and we don't know the specifics of it. But if they're without him for a month, 
you know, do they call up McKenzie? I feel like they have to let him, you know, take a little time down there. Logan Allen hasn't been even pitching down there. there I had someone ask me if he's healthy. Uh, where do you think they go from here? Who is the next man up, as it were? Our first sponsor of the evening is Built Bar. And you know I love Built Bar. How often can I talk about how much I love this company? My last order is in February. I think I finished off my last box at the end of April. I'm just waiting. Uh, if you have not tried Built Bar, you shouldn't wait. I'm just waiting to see what the next flavor they're going to return is. I liked birthday cake. Strawberry is okay. I'm just waiting to see what's coming next. If you did like birthday cake, by the way, you better hurry up and order. this. It's going away in the next 24 hours. By the time you've heard this show, it might already be gone. Go over to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your order. That's the same thing I get as a returning customer. I have tried the broth. I have tried the boost. I have tried the go. If Built Bar has it, I have tried it. I like it all. There is nothing there I don't like. The bars, though, are the best. Go get a bar. It is good for you. It gets an A rating by my health food app, and it tastes good. Treat yourself. Treat your body. Go get some Built Bar today. Wealthfront is a new sponsor. They want to help you manage your money. I talk about Rock Auto, and I don't know about cars. I talk about bet online. I've never been someone who knows much about gambling. I don't know much about investing my money, and that's why I've always had other people handle that for me. It's, you know, I can't even think what the company used to be called before they changed their name as a retirement plan that I've had. If you want, you want someone who knows what they're doing. You want someone who's going to manage your money. And I've talked about the stats that on here that you want to team up with Wealthfront because they do better than the day traders. Only 1% of day traders beat the market. Wealthfront can create you a portfolio of globally diversified low-cost index funds personalized just for you in just a few minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks. They even have a tax loss harvesting tool that can more than cover the low annual 2.5% advisory fee for them. But if you not but if you start today, don't worry about that 2.5% advisory fee. Your first $5,000 will be managed for free. They are trusted with over $20 billion in assets, and you can get your first 5000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com backslash MLB. All you need is 500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way. Let Wealthfront work for you to get that first 5000 managed for free for life. This isn't just a year or two. It's for life. Go to Wealthfront.com backslash MLB. That's Wealthfront.com lockdown. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on MLB to start growing your savings. Go to wellfront.com backslash locked on MLB and get started today. So Tristan McKenzie is actually eligible to come back up um to the major league level because of Zach Pizak going on the IO. Um I think he might come back up and I actually wouldn't mind that. First of all, let me preface this whole thing by saying that I think this is developmental year for Cleveland and that they should be they sh- that we as fans and observers of the team should not be looking for this team to compete for a playoff spot. Realistically, this is the youngest team in the majors and we should be seeing that youth and seeing flashes of whether they can stick against the wall when they get thrown against it or not. But um, you're going to do a bullpen game tomorrow. I mean, Tristan McKenzie, um, Eli Morgan, um, I say young Carlos Mejia, he he might give them to the rotation maybe. Um, those are my three kind of top three guys right now to kind of hold things down as, as yeah. we've seen as, currently. Those are my top three guys. 
yeah, it's, you know, the 40 man crunch is real and all of them are on it. And and there's people out there probably saying, what about Scott Moss? And uh, we can add him to that list of injuries. Like, yeah, he, he, and it's, it's not nothing big, but he just keeps getting hurt. It's been small dings and bruises. So if you're asking about Scott Moss, you can add him to that list of guys that are hurt. Uh, You know, I'm intrigued to see Morgan just because of the, I, I'm mostly intrigued to see Morgan because I'm operating under a new theory on change up pitchers. And I kind of want to see how he performs where I'm, I'm actually lower on him now than I was a few months ago after I spent some time like reviewing guys uh, whose focus is the change up who don't have a, like a plus fastball because his is as below average fastball. So I'm curious to see him more just as I try to develop as an evaluator. I mean, McKenzie is clearly the gem of that bunch. Hopefully, you know, I, I talked about on the show it, what I'm seeing, it reminds me of when I saw him in double a, where I saw him, well, when he was first called up to double A and that was after he had that back injury that caused him to miss about two months. And he would be like typical McKenzie for three, four innings. And then he would start to overthrow and the velocity then would jump. I know it's not jumping right now, but then he would start walking guys. And before he got sent down, I mean, that's, that was the Achilles heel for him. He was leading the majors in that. How much do you think with McKenzie was maybe him trying to do too much, him trying to like, I don't know if I want to say he's trying to prove something, uh, or do you think it was mechanics? Do you think there was that like trying to show that this is his spot and he should stay here? Cause I mean, there's always a good chance just in terms of service time that he was going to at some point go to AAA. Um, I just think his mechanics are out of whack and I don't really think he was overthrowing with the fastball. I just think, cause he wasn't really commanding the fastball when he was only throwing 1991 and he actually showed in the last couple of starts where he was actually seeing 90, 93, 94, that he could throw the fastball for strike early on, but then he'd lose it. So I think he's just lacking feel right now, and it might be his mechanics too, just because, you know, he's such a a tall guy with long limbs, and we never one thing that's always been said about Tristan McKenzie is the fact that he has very great mechanics with some of his size, and that he keeps himself in sync and that he knows about his body and staying coordinated. If I, you, may, you may or may not agree, but No, I agree. Um, yeah, he's a great without sounding bad, you know, it's like, I, I feel like when we talk about any uh, pitcher of color, the first thing we say is he's athletic, but like, it, it's right. not always true. But in McKenzie's case, I think that's very clearly true. And that mechanics and his athleticism has always helped him keep uh very clean mechanics. So I'm with you um, with that there. He's, you know, I'll be, like I said, I'm curious to see what they can do. Cause he's, it might, I didn't, I wish I could have got to spend a little more time with him. I got to sit in the box back, you know, back when we all got to sit in uh, the box, the press box. So I cannot think of the word there. And there was a great time where I, I feel like it was Jake Paulson, who was the first player who kind of really got all of them to do it. And then every game, there'd be a pitcher sitting up there with us and tracking the game and just doing all of the stuff that, you know, you typically a few years ago, they would have been like, oh, you know, that's what a nerdy pitcher does. But they were all doing it and getting the chance to talk with Tristan and him. The interesting thing wasn't necessarily the the mechanics or like what he would, but his knowledge of the other players. Mm-hmm. That's what I really remember. It's like he, I would mention a player by first name and he would say like first and last name and tell me about them. Like he was encyclopedic at points. Like he was a guy who clearly knew who he was going against. And once he gets it figured out with, like you said, and, and I, you know, I, me to go a little bit off. It's like you talk about size. I feel one of my big harping points has always been we get obsessed with big where big, just like you said, is dangerous when it comes to pitchers. Like 
we think of the the Randy Johnsons or the hulking behemoths, it's like I'd almost rather have the guy who's six one six two because mechanics can so easily fly out the window when they're big. Uh, and you know that as you talked about, that could be maybe the biggest thing McKenzie has to to work with just in terms of being that size of a guy. And the weird thing with Tristan McKenzie is um, how kind of everybody's hit the panic button right now is the fact that even with how bad he was, he still looked like a he could play, a, he could be a good major league starting pitcher even with the struggles he had this year. Like you saw the flashes in the midst of the bad starts he was kind of compiling, you know? Um, like early on, he'd get like five strikeouts or two innings and turn a third inning forward and he'd walk like two guys per inning. So it's just... It's kind of frustrating to watch, but it's also he's going to get another chance and he's going to get a, a lot of looks by his organization before they let him go or even put him in a relief role just because he has it. He has a talent. He has the pitches and, you know, he, he's not throwing his secondary pitches enough for me. And I also think that he, he needs to use his slider as his main out pitch because, I, I mean, he also needs to find a way to different just differentiate the slider and the curveball a little bit more to me. But. I mean, he just started throwing a slider too, like in 2020. So, I mean, that's that's expected for him to have those strokers with that. And we are, we, it's well documented that the changeup is kind of iffy. But um, just McKenzie's yeah. talented and he deserves all of the, the chances he can get. No, I, you know, when he got sent down, my whole takeaway was like people might have got a little too excited in 2020 because he, he's not there yet. Like, I think even his biggest supporter would agree. It's like he is still a work in progress. Like, he missed all of 2019. He missed a chunk of 2018. Very important development. I mean, he basically pitched two months, maybe three months in double A before going to the majors. That's phenomenal. Uh, So I think the important thing, it's like maybe everyone got a little too excited in 2020 thinking he was a, you know, he was, he had arrived when he's still, you know, I mean, any young pitcher, I, it, it's not a straight path. And at the same time, no one should be getting too discouraged by 2021 for the same reason. It's like he's 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 23. He's a young kid, but he pitched 33 innings in 2020. And that was the first time he had pitched in, like I said, over a year. He's at 31 innings right now. He's talented. He's a very talented player. And it's just giving him time and realizing that I need Corey. Go look at Corey Kluber. Like not to say that he is Corey Kluber, but. Corey Kluber was up and down a bit. I mean, Corey Kluber didn't even become a regular starter until he's 27, 28. Uh, and he's one of the greatest Indians pitchers of my life. And if I'm filling out an, an Indians, my lifetime pitching staff, it's Corey Kluber. It's it's not always, I need to go look at a Clevenger. Like Clevenger came up and had such command problems for years that people thought he had a limited upside and we can look at what he became. So it's interesting. I know there's impatience just because it's baseball and baseball takes a while longer than uh, a lot of other sports. But I do find it interesting. This is a team where very few players have had a linear path to success. Uh, Jose Ramirez, it was not. It's like outside of Francisco Lindor, a lot of guys have been kind of up and down to establish themselves, yet people still think like McKenzie's a bust already. And it, it's just always like to preach patience. It's the same thing like Owen Miller. Like it, if it doesn't all come this time, he'll get another opportunity. Patience. Well, we don't know that for a fact because Cleveland doesn't seem to like to give position players a lot of opportunities. But it's now time for us to hop over to Bet Online and see what the line is on tomorrow's game. Now, I'm probably willing to bet that there's not going to be a line on the game for tomorrow because 
we didn't know the starters until actually after we fully recorded this entire podcast, a little behind the baseball. This is a live ad read, but it's an ad read I'm reading after we recorded. We found out that Tristan McKenzie is going to start. He's getting the call up. We were operating under, we thought it was going to be a bullpen game. But Tristan McKenzie coming up for this game, no surprise, there is no line on bet online because bet online is on top of things. They're going to know, and they know that when it is a bullpen by committee, that is not a necessarily the best game to put a line on. That is why they're not there. But any other matchup, and not just baseball, not just sports, you can bet on esports, you can bet on politics. There's things across the board. Go check it out for yourself. Remember, you can go to betonline.ag. You're going to use that promo code locked on to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. Who doesn't love extra uh, money to play with, extra money to spend, and you know, take advantage of your knowledge? Go to Bet Online today. Remember that promo code is locked on. Get yourself that extra money. Check out Bet Online for yourself. No, I agree with you. <laughs> I I agree with you, and I'm I'm laughing. I had people get mad at me for making that statement last week. Like I don't think that's true, and I'm like. I'm not going to get in this Twitter debate. There's no no reason to waste my time or your time. If you really think this team has given their young players a fair shot, specifically their hitters, I I don't know what to tell you. I you, you, don't, and, you haven't watched baseball. That's no. That's I I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna be salty about Yandi till the end of time, just because again, when you get to talk to these players, you get to know them a bit. You build. It's not like Yandi doesn't know who I am. He doesn't remember me, but it, it's cool when you discover him. When he was like a guy who wasn't even a top 30 prospect and I'm telling people about him, it's it's fun. It's fun when you were the player, person who's like gets to be one of, and I didn't discover him. There were people down there, you know, Brad Bornell, uh, who writes for the Beacon sometimes, uh, Jake Dungan, who used to be over at Indians Baseball Insider. They were there when I wasn't there. Daniel Sheriff. Uh, these people really discovered him. But when you have a player like that, and he never even gets an opportunity. And, you know, I even understand, like, to a degree, I understand people who are still frustrated about Jesus Aguilar. Like, he never really got a fair shake. He never got an extended look. And at least one could claim with Urshila that there was a bit of a look and that uh, it just didn't come together. But, yeah, it's it's frustrating. <laughs> I think it'd probably be the best way to put it uh, – the nicest language way to put it. It's really frustrating. I think I just, you know, Daniel Johnson, it, when, when will we actually see him? All of that stuff just keeps hopefully this year, hopefully they're going to turn it around. Uh, we should move on from pitching. Uh, I could, you know, this is, uh, I know the other big thing of the day was the silly hats. We're not going to touch on it because they were hideous. I, I mean, Pat, unless you disagree with me, I don't know if you saw the hats, I guess I, I should I mention that. Has. Twitter already bullied New Era into taking those hats down, so I, you should accomplish I mean, everybody. I, I didn't see all of the hats, but everyone I saw was awful. If you want to see a good redesign of anything, go look what um, look at those new Marlins jerseys. Those were fantastic. Yeah, those, those Marlins jerseys are great. And oh, those for are the- everybody who doesn't know, they're based on um, Cuban Sugar King jerseys, I think. And those are, I, I can't remember. Havana Sugar King. I'm sorry. They're a Cuban-based minor league baseball team that played in it from 1946 to 1960, and they were affiliated with the Cincinnati Reds. Wow. Now those ones were like, you know, I we have a lot of reasons to not like the Marlins if you're an Indians fan. But I was like, I would buy that jersey. That is a a good-looking jersey. 
so that that was a, a much better thing. So I think that's all I really need to say about the clothing aspect of this show. We uh, bullpen by committee tomorrow. I think you know the assumption is probably we'll see Quantrell as kind of an opener type of role with that. Uh, we'll see if Plesak means Morgan or McKenzie. I, I, here's my if you can put money on that it'll be someone with the last name M, I think you should go do that because uh, I really can't see anyone outside of those two coming up uh, with that replacement situation. When we're looking at uh, this team with the PSAC injury, with the bullpen by committee, do you think, man, it, sorry, I just got distracted realizing then we also have Mejia who could move in. Uh, and then Cody Morris, who we mentioned earlier in the show, maybe this is some kind of market inefficiency the Indians are targeting with M pitchers. Uh, but who are you kind of, if, you know, if they decide that, because McKenzie maybe has max another 90 innings in him this year, and if they, they're they going to play the service time game with him, which pitcher would you like to see step in then? I know it's McKenzie, but if, if they play that service time game, if they kind of mess around with him, of that group of guys who could step into the rotation, who is it that you would like to see step in and uh, step up for the Indians this year amongst those young arms we've discussed? Um, I'd say JC Mejia. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I, Now anyone listening to the show is laughing because I've been saying take him off the 40-man for years because he just hasn't been healthy. But that one, what we've seen so far, um, you know, I my whole thing was the health. I never really knew too much of him as a pitcher because he was never healthy enough for me to see him. Uh, how impressive was ha, has he been? Like in terms of when you're watching him, what are you seeing with him so far in the uh, what two appearances? It's not a ton, but he's looked good in those two appearances. What are you taking away? Is there anything that stands out or anything that uh, particularly you liked when you're watching him? He's a very Cleveland pitcher. Um, good fastball, good fastball command, and he commands his secondary stuff to play out the fastball very well. Um, he he was really. Wrecking up K's with the, it seemed like his sinker gives him, he has one of those sinkers that can actually get swings and misses, which is very rare. And um, yeah. he, he likes to pitch backwards too. He, I feel like even if he is more of a ground ball guy, um, he, he's always had a very good command. That's one thing I've always seen in the scouting reports. Um, like you said, it's just the health, honestly. Um, when they put him on a 40-man very early in his career, when he didn't really have much of a track record, it was – it kind of – I kind of just put that in the back of my head because, oh, they really like this guy. Um, and, you know, when Cleveland likes their pitchers, you kind of – when it comes to pitching, you kind of just let Cleveland do what they do, even if it seems absurd because yeah. they, they know what they're doing. Um, Sal- Danny Salazar was the last game that they – last game, last guy that they really kind of did that with. Uh, not that you want to compare anyone to Salazar, because, I mean, peak Salazar, in terms of stuff, might have been as good as anyone on that team at the time. But, yeah, Danny Salazar was the last time they did that, just to give a historical reference. Okay. um, That's interesting. Well, with Jason Mejia, the, the funny thing is he was in the bullpen for most of, the career, most of his career, and then they put him as a starter, I think, like late in his minor career. And he actually was in the uh, Dominican, Center League, Dominican Summer League for – like two or three years also. So he's a bit of a late bloomer and, but they, they really like him. Um, I'm maybe it was because of injuries. That's why he kind of stayed in the DSL. But I mean, um, he, he's, he's, he's kind of came as advertised. Um, he has good command of his pitches. He has, okay. He has pitch second competitive community level and his commander really enhances that. And 
yeah, he's just another Cleveland guy to me, you know. Uh, Pat, I want to thank you again for coming on this week, uh, talking, letting me kind of throw ideas at you and uh, ramble my way through. It's always great getting your perspective and, you know, getting someone else who, like I said, every week I'm learning something from Pat. I'm sure the audience is as well. Uh, remind them here again at the end of the show where they can find you. I know you said, didn't you, did you just pass a thousand followers? Let's keep getting Pat up there, uh, even to higher numbers. Yeah. So first of all, congratulations on 500 episodes. Um, I've been, oh, thank you. Um, I, I was, I started listening on like episode 30 and it's kind of good to be a part of this journey to where I'm on the podcast now and have things go full, full circle. Um, thank you for having me. You can find me on Twitter at tangible underscore uno t a n g i t a n g i b l e underscore uno uno like number one in spanish so yeah oh and a lot of great stuff i recommend everything pat writes it's all really fantastic uh so make sure you're following him uh again thank everyone for listening 500 episodes uh it's kind of shocking to think that we are i've done 500 of these but uh it's thanks to the fans so you know, if you want to do a 500 episode gift for me, uh, go leave a review. That's probably the best thing you can do to help the show on whatever you're using. Uh, it's always appreciated or convince someone else to listen. That's that's honestly the best thing you can do. Uh, downloading daily is also fantastic. I just want to thank everyone for listening for. And again, I would love to find out who is out there who's actually listened to all 500. I don't know if that person exists, but uh, it'd be interesting to see who gets the closest. I've been Jeff Ellis. Still learning how to do this ending here. Let me try that again. I've been Jeff Ellis. Uh, I'll just quickly, again, thank Pat for joining us again. And remember who will be joining us uh, every week to talk. Uh, for the next year, maybe two, go Tribe. <laughs>